crashes in, you know it's time to begin. And wherever you are, whenever you are, and however you happen to be listening, we're so glad you've chosen to tune in to DLC. Especially if you are one of our geeks in sneaks using this podcast to power you through a workout or a run. We're going to be with you in your ear holes for 90 plus minutes with gaming goodness because DLC is your downloadable commentary for the week delivered the way we love it to be. And that is completely free thanks to our sponsor this week, Blue Apron. Blue Apron bringing the show to you, of course, the show all about games and their many forms, games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles, and also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I am your host, Jeff Kanata, that's spelled with two N's and one T, and I am joined, as always, by my friend, slash co-host, slash nemesis. The guy who always plays his tournaments from the loser's bracket, Mr. Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian. Hello, Jeff. Hello, audience. I have a Destiny 2 beta code to give away. Um, if You, you got to go to the Destiny Code Redemption Forum on Bungie. And if you select PlayStation 4 as your platform of choice, you can start tomorrow. The first three uh, letters for the code are 9-K-A. 9-K-A. As in Mortal Kombat, <laughs> A as in Apple. So I'm assuming you're going to give more letters as we go along. Is that the no? Plan? You just got to get. Yes, I will give. I will give the rest out as get, we go. You along. have to guess the next six, seven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Christian, I love it when you spring stuff on me. Hey, did you see that uh, that Evo with the guy winning from the losers bracket? That was so rad. Uh, Punk went down. Takeda one, you just see any of that? See I that did. Guy? I watched. I watched some Evo. I watched some ESPN coverage of Evo too because I heard they were doing cool. such a great job with it. And I, I concur. I think they did a pretty good job on the mainstream with the Evo. I thought it was pretty exciting stuff, man. Good stuff. Uh, we got that to talk about. We got lots of news, man. Huge week of news. Huge week of games. Big game releases this week. So much for summer being a, a you know boring downtime. We got lots to talk about. And even better than that, we have a great guest to do it with. You know that DLC is always your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian, but this week, oh, I'm excited because DLC stands for Dazzler's longtime champion. Oh because while you know him as former writer at Insomniac and current host of Inside Gaming at Machinima, I know him as the internet's biggest Dazzler fan, Marvel's Dazzler, that is. It's Brandon Winfrey. Hey, thank you. It's true. It's true. I, I'm looking at my stack of Dazzler comics right now, which are terrible, the old ones, but I still enjoy them. Uh, I also don't have any Destiny 2 beta codes to give away, but uh, you know what? I, I have a lot of love to give, at least. But you do have uh, you do have letters that you can randomly spell out over the course of the show. I do. Um, the first one is D, the second one is L, and the third one is C. So nice. There you go. He, knows, he knows where the bread is buttered. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Um, all right, let's dive into the show. Well, Jeff, uh, we got before we start the show, do you have three letters that you want to talk about? One of them's an <laughs> N, one of them's an L, one of them's a B? Oh, an NLB. You wanted me to talk about NLB? Well, of course I could talk about Newest, Latest, Best, which is now available as a podcast. Thank you for the prompt, Christian. Uh, my other daily video game show, which you should definitely check out. If you like this, I think you'll dig that. If you it's like quick. this, but don't like me or the guest we have on the show. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's yeah. quickness. It's, it's faster. It's, yeah, you can you can listen to it every single day uh, over on your your wherever you get this. It's available there. iTunes, Google Play, whatever. Just search for newest, latest, best, or my name, 
And uh, I hope you check it out. I, people have been emailing me with lots of – or texting and tweeting all the, all the ways people get a hold of me with really cool comments about that show. And it's, the, it's a little show that could. It's, it's growing and uh, climbing up the uh, iTunes charts. So I would really love it if you guys would check it out. It's just like 10, 12 minutes a day. Very, very cool. Thank you, Christian, for mentioning that. Uh, but let's uh, jump in now to uh, the way we start the show always with Story of the Week. Story of the week, it's the story of the week. Story of the week, it's the story of the week. Story of the week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happened in the world of games this week. And you can always submit stories for our consideration using our hashtag on Twitter, DLCSOTW, or even better, by visiting our subreddit, which is 5x5dlc.reddit.com. Cool folks there hanging out, talking about the show, talking about video games, talking about stories of the week. But Brandon, you are our guest. We got lots of cool stories to choose from. D23 was this weekend and stuff mm-hmm. broke. Big, big news. What would you consider to be your story of the week? It's got to be Kingdom Hearts 3, like 100%, because I've wanted this game for so long. It is like in the same category as like Final Fantasy versus 13, where they were announced around the same time. You wait. 12 years, you become slowly more bitter as you grow older, and then, like, it hits. And you just want it so bad. And, like, the nostalgia factor is crazy. So, for me, it's finally getting that 2018 window, right? And I don't trust Square Enix windows all the time, but it seems like we're on a good path. And, like, having Toy Story is just, like, wrapping in two of those, like, pure nostalgia-based you know, experiences from my childhood just as one. And I, you know, seeing them shake hands for the first time was, uh, was incredible. So I'm, I'm interested. Like I, I I do have interest in how they kind of update kingdom hearts for, you know, since 12 years ago, like obviously they've done the spinoffs, but like for a core main game, like that's, that's something I'm really interested in. But I mean, at the same time, it's just, for me, that's just going to be a big moment. I think it's going to mark like a closure of my childhood, though. Um, <laughs> that's, that's it. Just been waiting for uh, yeah. Kingdom Hearts three to come out so you can grow up. Yeah, exactly. And then it'll happen. And then all of a sudden, wrinkles will just shoot on my face. I'll just be <laughs> yeah. like, it's like the Dorian Gray painting has been destroyed, essentially. <laughs> uh, sweet lit reference. Um, yeah, this is uh, this is big. I, I loved how the internet responded to the uh, Kingdom Hearts coming in 2018 announcement at D23 with massive cynicism and people like just waiting on the d- delay announcement. Which yeah. you know, I guess I can't blame people for feeling that way because uh, you know, past is precedent. But I think you know, like you're saying, Brandon, the Final Fantasy 15 actually coming out the Last Guardian actually coming out. Yeah, These things you know, give you confidence, right? Give you hope. It's it's happening. It's it's happening. So I th- and and I'm fine with them taking their time. Like honestly, we've had a gluttony of amazing games this generation already. Um, so so this one I'm excited about. But like I'm the person that like if I hear dearly beloved, like it triggers me to tear up. I was at a party last year at Comic-Con. I think of Prince when I hear oh, that. Oh, well, go ahead. Well, <laughs> but I, I was at a party at Comic-Con last year. This is an aside, totally. But um, And it was like, you know, a party, and like, you know, there's lots of people there. It's like lights and kind of techno-y music. And all of a sudden, a remix to Dearly Beloved comes on. And I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, why would you do this to me? I'm in like a happy moment, and you just bring this out, and I just... <laughs> It's like out of nowhere, a train of of sentimentality hits me. 
Um, well, uh, I'm assuming that 2018 means end of 2018, probably yeah. a fall release for Kingdom Hearts 3, if it makes the date, which we all hope it does. Uh, Christian, they also released, as Brendan referenced, um, a new trailer that showed a Toy Story realm in, in Kingdom Hearts, uh, hanging out with Woody and, and Buzz and all those folks and having cool new powers in that world. Uh, are you a Kingdom Hearts fan and, and are you excited for this one? I'm I'm not a Kingdom Hearts fan, not because I don't think I'd like it, but just because I never played it for whatever reason. Right? It kind of I, I missed it uh, the first two times the game came out, and then the million times after that when it came out, I was like, "Well, I haven't played it for this long. I'm, I'm doing okay." But I did love the way they showed the Toy Story Land because we're seeing now how video game graphics have exceeded Toy Story One movie graphics. Right? Like that was right. when we saw when Toy Story One came out. It was oh my god one day video game graphics are going to be this good. And now it's, oh my God, they're better. Like we've done it. We've, we've surpassed Toy Story 1. And that's that's cool. It's really, really cool to see where games are going and kind of the worlds are able to build around them. So I'm excited. I think Toy Story is a good fit for the series. Um, it is. It's preying on people's childhood and nostalgia in a big way. But that's what Kingdom Hearts was from the beginning, right? Like <laughs> that's what it's meant to do. Yeah. Yeah. It- I mean, I think that that game was fan service before fan service was sort of in vogue. And now fan service is, is the jam, right? So it feels like the, the time has never been more appropriate for a Kingdom Hearts type game. Um, and, and, uh, I hope they knock it out of the park. I want this one to be amazing. It certainly looks great and they've certainly taken enough time. Evidently, the big reason or one of the big reasons that this game has taken so long, uh, as you remember, uh, it was announced way back in uh, 2012, I think, at the at E3 2013 at E3, uh, and uh, they've said they've been working on it since the first game came out, or not the first game, the second game, Kingdom Hearts 2, in 20, uh, 2006. But uh, evidently, it was changed over to Unreal Engine, so they swapped engines halfway through, yeah. and it's it's had a real tumultuous uh, process. But 2018 supposedly happening, so we'll, we'll see. Uh, Christian, how about you? What is your story of the week? It's also coming out of D twenty three, and I think the oh god, what do they call it? Marvel Avengers VR experience thingy, my uh Marvel Powers United VR. I think, oh, baby, yeah, um, baby. Oculus exclusive, which it's you know whatever, fine. I just wish more people could play it. So I'm always like it when things are everywhere. Same for PSVR exclusive, whatnot, whatnot. But this to me, like we talked about before, the leaked footage of the first person Avengers game that never came out that was prototyped and shown around, and I feel like this looks like that kind of game, except I'm going to be in VR. Come on, that's going to be incredible. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, it's like somebody was is reading my letters. Evidently, um, this game. First of all, the trailer that they released, I will be the first to admit, is a little cheesy. You know, it's got like your friends are hanging out in their various places, and then they get the call to come and be Avengers, and then they turn into comic book panels, and it's a little ridiculous. There's like the little kid who's the Hulk, and he does the Hulk arms, and I I kind of like that cheesy factor, but. I understand if people watch this trailer and go, oof. And the other only disappointment is that it does look a bit like a wave shooter. You know, it's basically on rails, static area wave shooter. But you're playing as Marvel characters 
And the, the three that they show in the trailer are uh, a, a strange eclectic mix. You have Rocket Raccoon from the Guardians of the Galaxy with his, with his guns and his sort of sh- short stature, which I think in VR will be ridiculous to feel like you're that short. Uh, and you should try it sometime. It's great. <laughs> you're not that <laughs> um captain marvel which you know isn't a top tier hero now but will soon be i i i'm sure after the movie is released in a, in a year or so and uh the hulk and then of course the hulk i mean come on that's wish fulfillment of picking stuff up throwing it across the room and smashing things creating giant ruptures in the ground with your fists I assume there will be lots more characters added. I don't think you can make a game like this without Captain America and Thor and the Hulk. Or excuse me, and Iron Man. Um, which I'm sure they'll add. And the other cool thing is that it looks like it's going to be fun multiplayer stuff where you team up and use your powers in cool tandem like the old uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance games, but this time in VR. So I'm in. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested. Do you all remember that there was an Avengers game? that got canceled from like a while ago, but it was like all first person and it was like first person Hulk, first person Iron Man. It almost seems like a different kind of take on that. No, Um, you're right. And that game, man, when they leaked the, the unfinished footage of that, I was so so sad that it didn't happen because it had that first person Captain America throwing his shield thing, which is gotta be in this game. Throwing your shield in VR will be the coolest thing ever. Yeah. I mean, maybe we'll get some Spider-Man or maybe they're shying away from that for the for Insomniac's AAA, but like I, I mean, web slinging, I mean, like would be great. And well, I don't know. Actually, it might make you sick, but at least shooting them, which I know they had that VR experience, but, but yeah, something there, similar. There's a couple of games out now that let you uh, that let you sort of swing like Spider Man in VR, and I don't get sick playing them. So I think it, yeah. I think it's possible. Um, but the th- the only bummer about this game, I I want there to be story content. I want it to be more than just a uh, a shooting gallery, but even if it's just a shooting gallery, if it's a shooting gallery where I get to play as Marvel characters, I mean, I'm I'm in. It's so rad. Yeah, 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 for sure. I think they're going to be tepid with the budget as far as like how much they put into it, but it's something if it does well, it could grow over time for sure. Christian, how much? What, what character would you most want to see them add to the roster? I mean, outside of the box type character that, you know, hasn't already been hit upon, um, I think Black Panther or um, Black Widow, any basically any character that has black in it, black costume Spider-Man, I think would be great. <laughs> yeah. um, I also think someone else that, I mean, it's hard to do, right? But if this is a wave shooter and they're kind of don't have free movement, I think someone like Nightcrawler, if they go into that X-Men world, which they probably won't, I think fits this style of game so well, where you're teleporting and then fighting, oh, right? I mean, yeah. that's what he does. I doubt there'll be any X-Men in it. But yeah, I think you're right. That teleporting would be super cool. Um, yeah, if I, we're throwing I think an the- X-Men, Dazzler is the way to go. <laughs> yeah. On hey, Dazzler skates? would be actually rad. Yes. I mean, if 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 anybody has played the uh, Oculus version of Rock Band, you know how awesome Dazzler would be. Oh, yeah, that's that true. Basically, explode in light when you do something cool playing music. So that's basically you basically are Dazzler in that game, which is pretty. Yeah, rare. that is true. That's true. Um, they also mentioned that there will be Marvel villains in the game eventually, and uh, they don't announce any kind of release window or date, but they say it will be coming in 2018. So. I'm so amped for this game, uh, but my level of amped for that rivals the other announcement, which is my story of the week at D3, D23. 
There's going to be a Star Wars-specific AR headset, guys. <laughs> and it's got a lightsaber hilt motion controller. What? <laughs> Gosh. Uh, in the in the uh, reigning money department, uh, Lenovo and Disney are teaming up for a new sort of Samsung Gear uh, VR, excuse me, Samsung Gear VR style headset, which will let your phone plug into it and then let you do all kinds of Star Warsy stuff, like be a Jedi in the upcoming Star Wars Jedi Challenges game, which they announced for this thing, and also play um. Hollow Chess, which is the game that, you know, you let the Wookiee win on the Millennium Falcon. Um, and I can only imagine since this is an AR headset instead of just a VR headset that you will likely be able to play your Hollow Chess on any surface in the world, uh, which oh sounds rad. And if you have a friend yeah. in in the headset, I'm guessing you'll be able to play Hollow Chess versus a buddy, which sounds incredible. No pricing news on this yet and no availability news, but – it's got a lightsaber hilt controller. Yep, yep. So I guess the Come first on. thing is going to be the the little droids flying around, flying around, and you have to yeah, 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 with the helmet. It is like you're wearing the helmet thing. It yeah. is in the uh, in the tr- yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's the whole game is like. it's got no graphics, <laughs> so it's just, <laughs> yeah. you have to use the force. <laughs> that'd be that'd be re- they just sell a helmet and that's it. It's just <laughs> it's just dark. <laughs> the whole game is just dark. Oh Perfect. man, um, what do you think about this, Christian? Are you are you are you in for a Star Wars specific headset, or are you kind of bummed that it you need to buy yet another headset? Oh, I mean, come on! It, it sounds great, but this this is a toy, right? Like the, it's either going to be super expensive, or it's going to be something they sell at Target at an on an end cap, and it's going to be junky and janky, right? Oh, you think that's what it? You think it's going to be the? Uh, what's that game where you can like use the force and make your mind uh yes. levitate a ping pong ball you yeah. think it's that it's either that or it's 800 bucks like which way are we going yeah well mm. i mean i don't know I, I think the price is coming down on these things and it doesn't have right. doesn't translate need to have to a lot of processing power what's that just translate that to credits and is, is the what's the conversion rate from dollars to credits? So it might <laughs> yeah, be better. Credits, yeah. You just do a couple of Kessel runs, Christian, and you can pay this thing off no problem. <laughs> okay, easy. I'm on board. I'm I'm okay, I'm ready. I'm good then. Sounds good. Send me up. Pre order, pre order. <laughs> no, I mean if if it's you know, if it's more like um just a thing that you plug your phone into, then we're talking ninety nine bucks for gear VR, right? Yeah. I'm trying to th- yeah, no, I mean, the only reference yeah. It doesn't have to have lots of lots of processing power in it. It doesn't have to have guts. It's just a it's just a slot for your phone to sit in and then it and then a, a lightsaber hilt. All the money's in the lightsaber hilt, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, is there a timeline on this as far as when they want it to get out? The the official line is coming soon to Best Buy and Lenovo.com. So okay. I've been I'm I'm actually sitting in front of Best Buy right now uh with my c- camping equipment and Yeah, uh, good. So I'm, I'm here. I'm ready. Soon. They said soon, so it's probably going to be in the next couple of hours, I'm assuming. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, my only, yeah, my only um, exposure to AR is I used HoloLens for the first time like a few months ago. Um, mm-hmm. Were and, you uh, impressed or underwhelmed by the postage stamp size viewing window? Well, I think 
at first that was a little bit of a distraction but when i actually played a game with it like i don't when i was just doing like kind of the tech menu stuff i was like you can really notice the the small screen but when you play that did you play that game where it maps the walls yeah um so that is when it was super impressive to me um, it's extraordinary I, it you yeah. just, i just want it to be all around you and not just in this little through this little window yeah, so and I, I think we'll get there eventually. That's what I'm interested in about this is if they've found a way to kind of widen that. But I think obviously Christian's point about price is going to really, really come up. You know about how like if Microsoft hasn't been able to do it yet, how would Lenovo be able to? But but we'll see. I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic. So. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a a really audacious thing to announce. It's a pretty wild idea that you would have an IP specific AR headset. I, I, that just that fact alone makes me feel like Christian might be a little more on the money with, with this because that does feel like a toy, you know, will this thing have other apps that it can run? I mean, will you be able to play other, you know, like Samsung gear VR style VR stuff on it? Or is it literally going to have three games? You know, is it going to be just a one-off toy? I don't know, but I do think that if there's any IP that that can support this, it would be Star Wars. I mean, this is wish fulfillment on a very high level. So, yeah, yeah, true. Uh, all right. I also want to talk about a couple of other stories before we move on. There's there's some pretty interesting stuff. Uh, speaking of VR, a story in Bloomberg hit this week that said that. Uh, although it has not been announced, uh, it, there are sources within Facebook that say that Oculus will debut a $200 new headset by the end of 2018 that will be untethered and completely self-sufficient. So you won't need a cell phone. You won't need to plug into a PC, but it will be a fully autonomous Oculus headset. Uh, it's called uh, – codenamed Pacific, evidently. And it's um, supposedly going to be only $200, which leads me to believe that it will be a very low-end kind of device that will play yeah. more of those, you know, Samsung Gear VR type titles that are that are a little less demanding than a lot of the mainstream Rift titles. But, um, Brandon, do you think that a $200 wireless Oculus would be a game changer in this space? Uh I think it's more of a test for them. I mean, possibly. Well, because as far as I know, Oculus doesn't have even a, a mobile one out just yet, right? Have they dipped into that space? Wait. Well, they, they're sort of partnering with Samsung on the Gear VR. That, that's an Oculus right. branding I guess thing. That, well. that is right, yeah. Um, I think it could be. I still think... I still think VR is a little early to to spread mainstream, but if if anything, I think this could this could possibly do it. It seems like that middle step where they're like, okay, we tried super low end, we've tried high end, both of them are selling decently, but now let's see what the middle market's like, and and test those waters to see if because that's the direction they want to go. Because I know they want to go wireless, and eventually they want it to be untethered and and all that right. kind of stuff. So I think this is dipping their toes in to seeing what the what the interest is. And and for me, that's honestly super interesting because I've messed around with, um, which one was it? I forgot which one I messed with. It was, it was a side company. Like I think it might've, was it modal? Was it modal? But wireless VR is awesome. Like it's feels so cool. And that's when you really get immersed in my opinion. Um, so I think this could be really rad, but again, I think it's a half step where, (laughs) 
full VR to me is with motion controllers. Like, that's where it feels really good. Otherwise, it's just kind of an experience, you know, which is fine. But the motion controllers are what really sets you in the world. And I doubt at 200 bucks this will have that. But but that's it could, point. you know, it could latch on. It could be a step up above from using phones and all that kind of stuff. So it's interesting. It's just interesting to me that they go this direction when phones are only getting more powerful. Mm-hmm. And it's just... Like a $200 device that is so... I'm just trying to think about it monetarily, where $200 device means it's going to have to have its own screen, its own processing, its own battery, all that kind of stuff. To me, I I don't see how you fit something that's going to be even better than what they can do on the Gear VR based on the processing of the phones. Yeah, in a $200 device. Phones, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that's... I mean, you know, maybe they're wizards and they can do it, but I just don't want... My concern is that it's going to be even lower quality than what you can experience in Gear VR. Yeah, that's a little worrisome to me too. And I'm sort of, you know, I'm newest, latest, best guy. I want it to be the highest end experience. But these can be gateway drugs to that stuff. This can be the kind of thing that would show people how cool it is. And you're right, wireless in this space will be, will be a big deal because feeling that cord and having that cord wrap around your legs when you spin around and stuff, it is, that that's a big deal. And, uh, yeah. getting it untethered completely will be, will be huge. Nomad NP in the chat says game changing would be wireless, small and able to play everything. Yeah. So this has, you know, two out of three, <laughs> uh, Christian, you've been saying for a long time that, you know, V version one revision one of, of, VR isn't there yet. Is this a potential revision too that could get you excited? No, this with as leaked is a, is a huge miss. It's it's the phone version of it. It's it's yeah. This is garbage. Is what it's going to be. It's meant to be like that airplane viewer or whatever. But if you were already interested in that, you would buy the cell phone version that gets you a full phone also, and then you have this thing like without positional like outside in or inside out tracking. As Brandon mentioned, it's not. There's no way at this price point it su- supports a kind of move controller type thing that it has. Um, this to me sounds like a $200 piece of garbage that I would avoid, 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 avoid. All right. Well, you heard it here. Um, speaking of things that you might want to avoid, I'm curious if you think the Atari box is going to be garbage. We got yes. the first. Okay, next question. Yes, it is. <laughs> we got the first images of the new Atari console, guys. Remember Atari? Atari does consoles and they're doing it one again. Um, of course, this is a company that purchased the word Atari. So it's not exactly Atari, but hey, it says Atari. It's got that logo and they released the first images, uh, this morning, actually, as we record this, of what will be called the Atari box. And it's got, uh, four USB ports and an HDMI output that they even say, quote, suggests modern internal specs. So, like, they're saying it suggests things, which is kind of an odd way of putting that. But say it says, we will will be delivering classic gaming content and also be delivering current gaming content. So that's a little enigmatic. Uh, Details about this thing are still sparse, but we got an image of what it looks like. What do you think of what it looks like, Brandon? Uh, You know, I think it... It looks sleek, I guess. I guess I, I'm more interested in the wood version. Did they show that version? 
Because uh, I know that they... there's two pictures, and one of them's red, and one of them looks a little wood. There's like a glass front and a and a wood front. The wood front is supposed to be reminiscent of the old faux wood right. uh, Atari 2600, but uh, I didn't really get a. There's no real clear image of that, so I don't I don't know. But you're probably not old enough to even remember Atari 2600 like I did. Yeah, I mean, I I played them back in the day, but like, yeah, I I didn't. I didn't necessarily – I don't have any real attachment to the Atari – you know, I, I appreciate Atari for, like, what it did for video games, absolutely. Like, but I, I don't know. I mean, it's sleek. I got to say, it looks sleek. Um, I'm wondering how long it is. Like, it it looks nice, but again, the functionality, I don't know – it, it almost seems like they're suggesting that you'll be able to put an emulator on it. Is like what they're trying to wink, nod, and say. Mm, interesting. Um, I was thinking more uh, like it'll play all those things that you were going to play on your uh, what your Nvidia Shield and your uh, one of the other things that all didn't work uh, that tried to be like Android. Ooh yeah, ooh yeah, yeah. It's like an yeah. ooh. It's going to be an ooh yeah, but this time it's called Atari. Yeah, this might be the same company, actually. I can see that <laughs> whole vibe where they're like, well, just name it an Atari and see if we can ship those we still got in the back. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's a Phantom. Remember Phantom? Um, oh, yeah, jeez. Christian, Atari box. You said it's garbage. Move on. That's it? Y- yes, 100%. Especially with nothing, no real specs released or announced. Yes, this is, this is but it, garbage. But a picture of it. Let's move on. But there's a picture of it. Do you, I can take a picture of my garbage. I just put some diapers in it. Do you want to see that? It, it has modern internal specs also. I think Christian just revealed that he wears diapers. <laughs> you know, some people are into that. Well, to make it through the ad read for the show, I have to. Oh, what is what is wrong? Today you ate your Wheaties of anger. <laughs> I, just know, I just know what's coming. It's going to be good, man. It's my favorite. It's my favorite sponsor. All right. Man, Christian is ornery today uh if i am it's only because apparently my mic is having issues and and i take pride in what we've been able to do with the sound quality of this show without anyone else working on it you know what none uh, of that's going to matter in the final version it's i'm flustered and frustrated because windows 10 has been biting my in the butt and i'm taking it out on you guys the i the atari box is crap yeah you're you're taking out on atari not us (laughs) um we do have a sponsor this week, guys. <laughs> I'm very excited to hear about it. Uh, honestly, this is this is my favorite sponsor. This is a sponsor that I have I have begged to, to sponsor our show because I love it. I've been using it for what three years now on my own. Before they ever sponsored us, I was a Blue Apron uh, patron. I love I love. Blue Apron. I love uh, the fact that it has completely changed my life. <laughs> if you don't know what Blue Apron is, it is a, the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They send you a box with recipes in them that you cook yourself and all of the fresh ingredients that you need to cook those recipes and only what you need. So there's not a bunch of leftover extra junk in there that is going to go bad in your fridge after you make the recipe, which is always the problem I have when I try to cook at home is that I go to the store and I buy things specific to the recipe that I want to cook after scouring the web for many hours trying to figure out what recipe I want to cook. And then it goes bad in the fridge and I feel terrible. Blue Apron solves all of those problems because they give you these high quality, really honestly delicious recipes. I have been uh, giving this ad read to people for free for three years. I have tell, I've told my, 
my neighbors, my friends, my family members about Blue Apron. I have begged people to try it. It has every time we go to a party, my wife is like, "Hey, do you guys use Blue Apron?" We are proselytizers about these this company without the fact that they ever sponsored my show, which is why I begged them to sponsor because I was like, guys, we're doing this anyway. We love Blue Apron. It has changed my wife and my lives. Uh, we look forward to the recipes. They're always delicious. We often talk about how they're better than what we would get at a restaurant and way less expensive. You're talking about like $10 per person per meal. You can't do that by going to the grocery store and, and, and cooking awesome meals. You can't do that by going to nice restaurants and getting the quality of stuff that you're going to get through Blue, Blue Apron. And even better than that, you're probably going to eat healthier than you would in either of those scenarios because they're really fresh ingredients. These are really quality, healthy meals. And you know exactly what's going in them because you're watching it happen. You are doing it. Even cooler than that, I've gotten good at cooking which I never thought I would be. I can chop stuff uh, really well because I do it all the time. I understand like how to deal with garlic and how to – like I know what to do now. It's awesome. I feel like the coolest guy. And if you're a bachelor or a bachelorette going through life and you haven't settled down or or uh, you know living by yourself, this is even better. Imagine inviting somebody over and cooking for them. It's the It's the coolest thing. I would love to have time sometime to like go into all my Blue Apron tips that I that I know. Like, there's certain things that I've learned. Um, like, I basically always double the amount of garlic that goes into stuff <laughs> because they give you the one thing they give you extra of is garlic because they usually just give you a whole clove of garlic. Um, so I usually just double the garlic and everything, and it, it's always a good good plan. Um, it, man, I love. Love Blue Apron. Some of the upcoming meals, they've got seared chicken and creamy pasta salad with summer squash and sweet peppers. Doesn't that sound awesome? I made this one yesterday for my wife. Creamy shrimp rolls with quick pickles and sweet potato wedges. Such delicious shrimp rolls. And I made a pickle. I made a pickle from a cucumber. Uh, I've never done that before. So awesome. The best thing about it is because you listen to our show, if you go to blueapron.com slash DLC, you can get your first three meals for free with free shipping. All you got to do is go to blueapron.com slash DLC. It is a better way to cook. It's a better way to live. I truly adore this service and I think it will improve your life as, a, as it has improved mine. And even better, they'll know that it was a good idea to sponsor this show. So blueapron.com slash DLC. Try it. I think you're going to love it. You have nothing to lose. Three free meals with free shipping. Nothing to lose. Blueapron.com slash DLC. All right, Brandon, what is on your playlist this week? What are you playing? Oh, man. There's uh, There's been quite a bit. I've actually like gone through a bunch of games recently, which has been exciting and fun. Um, <laughs> I think, Love well, that. the consistent is PUBG, like Battlegrounds, like, mm -hmm. just because we stream that all the time. And then I just got like kind of addicted to it. Right. Um, are you a chicken, chicken dinner winner winner? I am. I went twice solo this week and I was, I was proud of myself. There's like, <laughs> there's no better feeling than that. But yeah, I normally win with like squads, but it's because someone carries me. Um, <laughs> well, let's talk about, so, so two solo winners. Let's talk about strat. What what is your what is your uh, go to strat for uh, for where you parachute in? What where you what's your plan when you hit the ground? Uh, any any tips? 
so I like to go to the coastline cities. Uh, Prim, I love. I love Prim. Um, cause you might just get outside of Vegas. Prim. Yeah. It's just prim. It's on the, uh, her eat soggy waffles. It's on the West side. Um, but I love that spot or Severny at the top. Like people don't really go to these larger coastline cities, but they normally always have either two escape options. They either have cars or they have boats. Mm. And I'm a big fan of boats as far as transversing. Um, yeah, but normally not get a lot wonder. of people on the sea to, to mess with you. Yeah, exactly. So I have so those are as far as dropping down. That's where I like to go if I'm solo. If I'm duo, I feel a little more confident and I'll drop into a more heavily populated area. But but at those coastline cities, you'll get one or two people, and you can quickly identify where they are in the city, get a gun, and then hunt them down. Because I think that's just the most fun part of the game is when you know where someone is in a city, and then you're just hunting them down through the alleyways. Like that's awesome um i'm usually the person who's being hunted I'm yeah. <laughs> that's how i that's how i roll i'm a, I, I i stay frightened and alone and huddle and wait to die that's <laughs> that's my that's my strat it's not very effective but it works for me well there you go there you go um but yeah i, I love that and then also pro tip if you if you just look up when you're skydiving you can actually get further distance. And if you oh. don't think you're going to be able to make it to a city, just pull your chute early. Sometimes the earliest you can. Oh. And then you just press forward a little bit and you'll you'll get over there quicker. Um, but then, you know, I'm more of an edge line player. I know a lot of people like to rush to the center of a circle, but now that's a little more risky because they randomized it a bit where the it doesn't kind of – because it used to kind of pretty much be like in the center. But now it's pretty randomized as far as where it goes. So I think hugging even the outer wall is uh, really, really smart. Obviously, silencers are your most, the most important attachment uh, in the game. So if you can find a silencer, fantastic. And even if, like, if you find a silencer for your SMG over an assault rifle, use your primary SMG if it's an ump, if it's a UMP. Because I think that'll get you, that's safer than using an assault rifle with, with a lot of noise, even though it's going to output more damage. Hmm. Um, yeah, and then all about staying staying covert is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I always chase people. I think that's something you should do if because it's it threatens them. Like people don't expect you to charge towards them a lot, and I think if you get two hits on someone, run up towards them (laughs) because they are probably diving behind something to heal, and you can catch them off guard, or you can wait and wait for them to peek out. Um. But yeah, and then and then Aggressive. it's about I love it. Yeah, and then it's about using ridges and you know, it's I think something a lot of people don't know is say the circle is kind of at the edge of at the edge of another place, so you have the option of it's quicker to run directly towards the circle but towards the middle or the safer way to do it is to wrap around like walk along the the blue gas into the next circle. Um because then you know that people aren't behind you and you're safe on that side at the very least. Oh, man, yeah. these are awesome tips. Yeah, yeah. So, Christian, do you want to weigh in a little bit? You're, you're, you're uh, a PUBG fan as well? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I concur with most of this, except I, it all depends on what you're trying to do also, right? Like there are different ways, and I don't, I don't know, I haven't played enough to know necessarily what is most effective. I think Brandon's probably played more hours than I have. But there are different ways to try to win. I think aggressive is certainly one I've seen and I've played and seen super successful campers and turtlers and streams that aren't the most entertaining streams to watch. But, you know, they I don't know how they do it. They get all the like 
they get all the gear they need and then they're like, okay, we're going to guess it's going to go this way. And it's, I think the beauty and to some extent the beast of the game is because it respawns so quickly after you die, there isn't a huge um, disincentive for messing up, right? Because you're you're not punished. Right. So it's like, well, I'm going to do this. And if it wins, you know, you can really gamble and it can pay off big time or like the the times you don't want to do that. And you maybe stick to your stick to your guns is when you're top 20 and then you're like, okay, now I'm in this. I've been playing it for 25 minutes. I've got a good chance. Let's let's roll with this. But that first, you know, 100 to 60 even it's kind of just let caution throw caution to the wind and do what you're going to do and then whatever sticks sticks. And I think that's what makes the game fun, but also what makes it you know, if you walk away from it for two weeks or so, it, it for me, I'm like, well, who cares? Like, I'm not hooked. And then you play again. You're like, no, I'm hooked again. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. I tend to play that game like I would if it was real and I was really in that situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hide and I and I pray that everyone will just take care of each other and I could just walk out when there's like 10 people left and be like, can't we all be friends? Ah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, the fire. Yeah. yeah. So next time you play, just throw caution to the wind and just, you know, set aside, just play for half an hour and maybe you'll run through 40 games in that half an hour, but just try different approaches and also see what's fun for you. I think what makes PUBG such a big hit is if you're playing solo, I don't know about squad. I haven't played squad. I've played solo and, 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 uh, duo, but when you're out running around, like there's no such thing as griefing, like, do what you want to do. Be the jerk in the Jeep that just tries to run people over. Cause yeah. fine. You know, it's, it's just yeah. you. And if your squad mates, okay with that, your partner's okay with that, do that, have that be your thing. It's not like you're in the middle of some, you know, heroes game and someone's outside their lane. Or if you're playing overwatch and you don't have a healer because everybody just wants to be reaper. Now that his teleport isn't as, uh, you know, marked on the map so you can get some sweet kills. And you're like, no, play your role and PUBG, there's no role to play. Just, just right. go be an idiot and see what see what you have fun doing. I do agree with Mr. Latap in the chat. He says playing in squads is ten times as fun if you aren't good at the game, and I totally agree with that. I, I yeah. love I love playing in squads because I'm not good at the game. Well, then you're playing golf, right? Like you're just you're hanging out with your friends, and then there's <laughs> right. moments of excitement. I'm, yeah, I'm laughing until I die. That's right. that's that's <laughs> yeah. how I enjoy that game. Yeah. But I will say the the most God, some of the most core fun moments in gaming is like when your duo partner or someone dies, right? Someone in your team dies, and then it's revenge, right? You throw <laughs> everything to the wind, and you're like, nope, I don't care if I die because I want to wreak you with my right. friend anyways. I'm just gonna go kill that person. <laughs> you killed Jimmy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's great. awesome. Uh, so, what else is on your playlist? Uh, I um you know last week I played two very different games it was very different so I was just like I went through some personal stuff like a few weeks ago and I was like all right I just need something light and that I don't care about um and like it was I have Xbox Game Pass mm-hmm. which I've utilized quite a bit like it's it's good for me um so I guess random plug for Xbox Game Pass but yeah I like started the right that's the the Netflix for Xbox games yeah yeah and it's great because it's not they're not pushing streaming just yet because I think they know that like it's not not the best case yet so it's just download it and there you go like no messing with all that kind of stuff um but anyway Saints Row Four is on there and I never played Saints Row Four. Uh, the reelected edition and man for something that's just fun overpowered you want to run around and collect things like that's a fun game um and it's it's got a lot of heart in a weird way it's (laughs) not not a phrase i would ever attribute to saints row yeah but there's this like weird element and there's like so many it's like i'm playing 
like an old woman because I just wanted to be an old woman in Saints Row because why not? But <laughs> the voice options are literally male one, male two, female one, female two, and then Nolan North. <laughs> <laughs> and I chose to be Nolan North, of course. Um, and it's it's just a lot of fun, like jumping around, collecting things. You like a weird thing about that game is they. The, the third game, like, cars are a big deal. Like, vehicles, all that kind of stuff is a pretty big deal in upgrading them. In in about two missions in this game, vehicles become irrelevant because you can run faster than vehicles. Um, <laughs> oh, man. That's awesome. Uh, but it's fun, you know? It's got a nonsensical story, but, like, some some fun writing. Uh, it's always takes... on 11, right? It's just a game yeah. that's always on 11. Oh, and especially now because it takes place in a simulation. So right. it's just it's just whatever. Um, so that was a lot of – that. that's a good game if you just kind of want to kick back and collect things. Because there's there's like I think 1,200 little orbs to collect to, to upgrade your powers. So it's like got that crackdown vibe where you're just jumping around the city collecting um, and you always see one at a distance. Vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a good game. And then I played – uh, the Beginner's Guide, which is uh, pretty much the opposite of, of Saints Row Four. Game. So yeah, good. and I had no idea. I, I did it because I'm, I'm kind of looking at a project that has some inspiration from from that, and I was like, well, I've never, I never played this. I played a little bit of Stanley's Parable, but never, never Beginner's Guide. Um, and it really wrapped me in. Like I, it's it's a very different type of gameplay experience, obviously, but. Uh, it's, yeah, just to, just to catch people up, if you don't remember what the beginner's guide is, it came out a, a, a while back. But it is, um, it's I guess you know you could consider it one of those walking simulator games. But it's like the Stanley Parable, made by one of the guys who worked on the St- Stanley Parable, and it is uh, one of those branching story things where you can make all these weird decisions, and it constantly is kind of reacting to what you're doing, and it tells this wild story of you sort of being behind the scenes of a video of a video game. Uh, and it's very meta and very self-reflexive and really funny and clever. Uh, I, I loved it. Yeah, it was great. And I think, you know, I'm not going to spoil the ending, but like it, it has a lot to say and it has a bit of a, of a twist at the end. And, um, it's just a great, and as someone like I majored in critical studies in film school. So like, it was very, (laughs) it was like right up that alley, but also very reflexive against like. It's like, why do we kind of do this kind of things? Why do we reflect on art in a way? Yeah. Um, and do we need to? But but at the same time, it's saying both things about it. It's saying, yes, we do, and no, we don't, uh, which I think is um, really interesting. And it's it's a different type of game. I think it was the kind of a brave game to come out with to follow up Stanley Parable, which is more of a more of a game game. You know what I right. mean? Um, so Did you, you play that also on the Xbox service? Uh, no, I played Beginner's Guide just on PC. Right. I don't think I don't think that is on the Xbox service. Xbox service is quite a bit. They just added some more. Sunset Overdrive's on there, so it's the best service ever. Um, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, uh, that's the problem with the writing in Sunset Overdrive. Really, like everything about the game was great, but just like I don't know, like I've never <laughs> met anyone that wrote on the game. Um. <laughs> Let's just take a, a quick, quick, very brief detour uh, because I probably should have done this at the beginning, but. Uh, if people don't know that you did write on on that game and others yeah. at Insomniac, and you know a lot, we see a lot of game journalists or or people in games media making the transition into making games, and you did it the opposite way, right? Yes. Can you speak to that just real briefly about what what that experience has been like? Yeah, it's been it's been interesting because, yeah, I guess well, I guess very quickly, like 
kind of history of whatever me or whatever is like I think I got obsessed with video games at the very beginning of high school when Final Fantasy X came out. So I was kind of a late bloomer to video games um, as far as really liking them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played them a bit, but anyways. But then I was like, oh, I want to I make games. I want to be a designer. Uh, and then I took a programming class, like freshman year of high school, and I was like, well, this is hard. I'm not going to do this. Because I didn't <laughs> understand like what making games entailed or that there were different avenues. And then I was like, oh, maybe I'll be... And then I was super into X-Play. So I was like, I want to be like a, a game journalist host. Um, and then that shifted, I think, you know, just to different things. And I went to school for film and, and theater. Uh, but then I was still a big Insomniac fan. And I went to a community event at Insomniac uh, <laughs> at their studio and like made them a cake. I think it was for Crack and Time. And I was just like, I was that weirdo. Like I was that psycho that made them a cake that <laughs> like looked like Ratchet's head. Just because I was like, you guys did so much for me when like Ratchet and Clank, like I love that series. Um, Christian, we literally made them a cake this year too, and it didn't do bupkis for us. Oh, oh, I can't announce this yet, but no, I'm I'm working on the Insomniac Carnage game. Oh. It takes place after Spider Man. <laughs> I guess yeah. it's just me that they. Sorry, don't. yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, oh right, you guys gave them the cake for for best of show Spider Man, right? That's right. Yeah, I ate some of that cake. You did so well. It was, how was it? Was it good? It was great. It was oh, great. I'm so happy <laughs> um, but, but anyways, and that kind of established a relationship with Insomniac. I got an internship there. Funnily enough, I also got an internship at X-Play as well. So it was like this weird <laughs> moment of like, oh, cool. Um, and then Insomniac offered me a job right after. And I was like, I guess this is something I could pursue. And that was for community management, um, which is like different than what I was kind of in school for and stuff. But I love Insomniac so much that I was like, yes, I'm going to do it. Um and then, you know, just through the years, kind of did a lot of different things. I did the video series for Sunset Overdrive. Sunset Overdrive was like the core. And I did I did some writing for that. Like I did the Intel. I didn't do like a lot because it was, it was a lot of it was solidified by the time I was kind of there. But I did, you know, Intel writing. I wrote my boss, which was fun. <laughs> um, uh, and then I became a full writer after that project winded down. And I worked on a couple of different projects. Uh, Edge of Nowhere. Yeah, um, I love that game. Yeah, it was good. I actually haven't played the final version, like, I've, which is which is kind of funny. Um, but yeah, and I think I, I loved it. But it was for me, it was a weird thing of like, a that was the only job I'd ever had. Like, I'd been at Insomniac, and I knew it was amazing, and I knew I loved it there. But it was still the only thing I'd really ever experienced. Um, um, and B, I kind of wanted to fail faster. Like video <laughs> games, I love. They're incredibly hard to make. They're incredibly collaborative, but something I was doing was coming out like once every two years. And, and for me, just at the time, it was like, I just want to like, I want to get like constant kind of feedback and I want to iterate faster. Um, so I went to digital media and made like five videos a day and failed (laughs) five times a day. Um, yeah, now you can't make things quickly enough. Yeah, exactly. More content. Exactly. Like all of it all the time. And, um, and that was, and I, and I love it too. Like, thankfully, I transitioned to to a place that I, where I, the, the people I work directly with, I really care about, and and I think it, it's a lot of fun. And it's had its own set of challenges, obviously, but um, but I think it has made me work faster, and it's made me more autonomous. Uh, which, you know, I, I can see myself definitely going back into game development someday, or working within game development, uh, um, in that section someday but i'm i'm thankful that i kind of jumped out for a little bit um in order to kind of 
branch out just a little bit and see the other side and, and also just iterate on kind of what my creative process is. That's great. Well, um, your, the content you're making now is, is really fun. And, oh, and thank you. Yeah. I mean, I have a great co-host. Like I, Chloe Dykstra's my co-host and right. was, randomly we got along really well. Like I think it's, it's very kind of rare to have someone that you can kind of click with on camera that quickly, uh, which was nice. Well, thanks. I appreciate the the detour into into that stuff. I probably should have hit that right at the beginning, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's interesting stuff. Um, Christian, how about you? What's on your playlist? Well, the next three letters of this Destiny Two open beta <laughs> early access code are F Frank R Richard P Paul F R P. And on my playlist, things that I want to talk about: uh, Metroid Two. Because uh, that Metroid hype is real. Um, Metroid 2 is the Game Boy game. I am playing it via the 3DS Virtual Console release, but it is going to be the... It's the inspiration for the remake, reimagining, whatever you want to call it, of Metroid Samus Returns coming out for the 3DS. It's either August or September, which I am super hyped for. And I had, I don't think I've replayed Metroid 2 since the Game Boy. Um, it's been one of those games that I've had on, I bought it on my 3DS, the virtual console, you know, whenever kind of was available. Never really played it. That game, I love that game. I remember when it came out, even as a, as a kid, I remember like people being divided about its merits and it's, you know, the way it shifts the Metroid formula, the whole thing is kind of one big room and or play space. And, um, but for what it was doing on the Game Boy in terms of those limitations and how I think they were able to convey a very real feeling Metroid experience. And maybe it's my nostalgia for the game and having played it when I was so young, but playing it again, I'm like, yeah, this is this is great. And and partly because, you know, you can't have a lot of enemies on screen on a Game Boy game, but like you feel alone <laughs> yeah. uh, the way you don't have a map or this, you know, traditional HUD and you're kind of exploring the space and enemies. It doesn't have the Ram to remember what enemies you've killed. So you go back to an area <laughs> and you don't know that you've been there, right? Because the enemies are there doing their same pattern again. Yeah. Um, and the way it makes you explore that space and kind of memorize that map as you hunt down the, the Metroids or uh, yeah, I think there's like 30, whatever you're doing, whatever you're doing, do your kills to do the thing you're doing um it's 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 just really cool uh i'm not far into my replay of it but i am very excited for samus returns and see how they stay true to it or, or tweak it or you know what what uh what pass they give it um, i kind of think that other than third person story driven action game you know like uncharted and whatnot your favorite genre is the metroidvania is that accurate you know, at, at times it is, and uh, the great ones, yes. And then some of the others are I find a little too frustrating. But I do, like, I mean, I guess if we throw Shovel Knight into that genre, um, that that was incredible. Ori, uh, you know, you like yeah, Ori. Yeah. Games, right? so good. Ori was incredible as well. Um, yeah, I, I do. I, I really enjoy that genre. I think it can be overcrowded sometimes. I, there are probably others I'm... I'm I'm missing uh, that I haven't played, um, but yeah, they're great. They're great. I, I think I want a little more action in them than some of them have, and that when they get a little too RPG, um, some of the Castlevania games, the later GBA games, um, I started to tap out on just because it was a little. I spent. I felt like I was in menus too much, and I don't want to be going into my menu as often as kind of just exploring the space. Um, but yeah, those are great games. Yeah, 
guilty. Cool. <laughs> um, the other game that I'd want to talk about, I don't know if you've played it at all, Jeff, um, on console, but Marvel Heroes Omega is out now, like officially for free. What consoles. is this one? I can't keep up with all the Marvel generic the dungeon name crawl, thing. Right? Yeah, this is Marvel Heroes, the PC game that came out way back in the day oh, with our Marvel Heroes. Yeah, this is yep. uh yeah, Dave Brevik's game, right? Yep, with our with our our friends and friends of the show working on it and now this is the console iteration that came out as kind of you could pay money to get into the beta and then now it's it's free with, you know, a limited character set up you can play characters up to level 10 after which you would need to purchase some of the characters and you can buy characters and stuff like that. And, and it is the Diablo three or the X-Men ultimate Alliance, like that style top down dungeon crawler game. It's basically and I enjoy- Diablo with a Marvel skin, right? Yeah. Which, which is not a, not to be derogatory at all. I think that's, that's awesome. I, I no. guess I was thrown off because it's called Omega now. What's, where's the Omega? What's, what's Omega about it? Uh, the console. Omega means console. Oh, okay. <laughs> Should call oh, it make it me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would have Marvel Heroes console edition would have made a little more sense, I think. <laughs> but uh, um, I, you know, I I bought Marvel Ultimate Alliance re releases when they came out full price and you know whatever air quote waste of money. But I've loved these kinds of games. I I played Marvel Heroes a decent amount on PC, but I'm the I prefer a couch and a controller in my hand. And so I really thought I was like, yes, it's out, it's free. Uh, I you know, I'm going to play this, I'm going to dive in. I know what characters I'm going to buy already. I know here's my $60 they're going to get. And uh I played Spider-Man up. I think he's like a level 8 or level 9 right now. And uh, I'm just it's not there. And I don't know something about the combat for whatever reason now in the in the console version of the game where it's not just clicking, I guess on PC, it didn't bother me as much, but like having played Diablo three on console and having played even Marvel ultimate Alliance on, on console, like with the controller in my hand, something about Marvel heroes, Omega with the controller. Um, for some reason, the combat feels flatter to me and, and ah, I'm disappointed. I would have imagined it would feel better. I, I think same. I was so excited for that, but I think maybe there's something in even the core uh, mechanics of the combat. But for some reason, on mouse and keyboard, it didn't feel as empty or hollow because all you're doing is clicking. But when I have the controller in my hand, I want it to feel a little more responsive, the way Diablo can. Um, yeah, the did, way you, even did you play Ultimate Diablo Alliance. three on console with the controller? Yeah, did it's incredible. Like it? Yeah, it's I incredible. Agree. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. So, but there's been. Uh, I'm sure that game has changed a lot through the years it's been in development, but if, is there any other changes that, that make it kind of feel that way to you? Or is it just... Not that I can discern between, you know, just that here's the difference of the console and the PC version. You know, it, the game is still very much the game. I'm sure they have... I know they iterated on it tons even after the, just that first year. But it's just something about... I think because the way when you move in the, you know, default controls and the uh, computer PC edition, you know, you're clicking in the space to move your person to, right? So maybe there's like that little bit of delay in it, but I don't notice it as much because it's a click and I'm assuming my character's finishing an animation before going a place or something. I don't know, but for some reason, when I'm in the, when I'm playing with a controller in my hand, it just feels emptier where I'm just running up to a guy hitting the you know my action buttons to do the thing and then when i try to move it's not as quick or snappy and it's probably unfair comparing it to uh diablo console edition because i think it's one of the best versions of those games i think that version is maybe better than the pc version uh, <laughs> um with the way they were able to capture that game 
Um, but it's free, so download it. You know, I, I would I would definitely say check it out. It's free to play a character up to level ten, and maybe it'll click for you. Um, it's or, still you know, I'll, trigger for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, a bunch of Marvel fan service. But I I'm walking away from it a little disappointed than what I was expecting, unfortunately. Anything else on your playlist? Infamous First Light is still great. I've been, you know, I, I think the other weeks I've been talking about going back and playing those standalone DLCs that have come out over the years. And um, for some reason, you have it and you haven't played it. Um, it was inspired by Jeff. You did an NLB where you talked about uh, Sonic in 3D and ways to yeah. approach speed. And I was like, S- I played a game that approached speed in a. You're and I was so like, oh yeah, right. You're infamous, so right, dude. That you get uh, the lightning powers in Infamous, and First Light is all that. That so neon, good. It's so and they, good. They nail it. Yeah, they nail it. You're right, dude. I didn't even think of that, but uh, so right. That game. I know I bring that game up a lot in discussions of like best PS4 games. I think that game is still so underrated. Infamous Second Son, Infamous First Light. That that grouping of games. I can't wait to see what Sucker Punch is doing now, but yeah. man, that game is, I think, still so underrated. It was, I think it's one of the best superhero games ever made. It's incredible. I I love Second Son. It's one of my favorite infamouses. And uh, First Light is such a great little standalone package too. Like if for some reason you can't find Second Son super cheap, I'm sure First Light has to be often very cheap to download somewhere to check out. It's really, really cool. And yeah, beautiful, beautiful with HDR also. Oh, oh my God, that game in HDR. I don't have HDR, but I saw it demoed on HDR when they were unveiling <laughs> all that stuff. Uh, I don't have I HDR, like, but I often go to Best Buy and ask them to yeah. yeah. stare I, at the wall. I bring my own PS4 and just hook it up to a wall, wall mount TV. <laughs> I don't know if you know, but Christian is a huge Best Buy fan. Uh, hey, hey. <laughs> we got you know emails I, about that this week. I didn't queue them up because I didn't want to read them, but... Uh, people were like, Christian is so right about Best Buy. Yeah, I'm, I'm the voice of the people, the voice of the person who still has to buy their own games, Jeff. Maybe you can come down to our level sometime. Well, I got out. a game on my playlist <laughs> that's just for you then because it's free right now. Um, <laughs> you guys heard about Jotun? Jotun? Um, this is a game I, that I totally missed when it came out back in like 2015 or whatever. Um, but the developers are coming out with uh, their follow-up to that game, which is called Sundered. Uh, and so in celebration, they released Jotun. Jotun? Jotun? Jotun. Uh, oh, wait, as, I think I downloaded that. Yeah. Yeah, as uh, it's free on Steam. So you can download it for free and you get a permanent free copy of it. Um, I think they're only doing it for a limited time, but it's because their new game Sundered is coming out in like a week or two weeks or something. Um, and – I was drawn to this because it is all hand-drawn. And you say hand-drawn and people are like, oh, yeah, yeah, hand-drawn. No, no, no. This is like every frame is hand-drawn. It looks like an animated cartoon, old-school cell animated cartoon. You know, people are going nuts for Cuphead and justifiably so. But Jotun really is striking in a, in a very similar visual way. Uh, and it's uh, kind of a Dark Souls-y like uh, – but from – you know, top-down isometric perspective, wandering around these environments and exploring them and then fighting big bosses. I don't think the game is great. I, I I was a little disappointed by how clunky the combat feels, especially for a game that relies on big boss battles as much as it does. And uh, I think that exploration is a little sparse because it's fun wandering around these. It's, it's all based on Norse mythology and it really – doubles down on that. Like everything is voiceovered in like ancient, uh, 
you know, what way Gardena Theud Kuningas type, you know. Uh, by the way, that is Beowulf in Old English that I had to learn in college. Um, but it's like Stuck that. It's like that. Um, but is that what they? Is that how they talked back when you were in college, Jeff? Oh, old guy zing! <laughs> Dang, old guy zing! That was Beowulf that I had to learn was, when I was, was writing my, it back in college by my professor. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, anyway, so they they really double down on that. It's pretty cool. But you're you know exploring these big environments, and most of them are pretty empty, and that's a bit of a bummer for a game that relies on exploration. But if you're really looking for you know, forward to below and you're excited for below and it hasn't come out yet and it still hasn't come out yet. And really it hasn't come out yet. Uh, give Jotun a try. It's free and uh, it's just gorgeous. I mean, it's worth a download just to see the beautiful art. I mean, the art is stunning. Uh, and I had, you know, I had a couple of hours of fun with it playing, you know, playing around with it. So um, I recommend it for, Sweet. for free. All right, but most of what I've been playing this week is uh, VR stuff, so let's get to that right now. I got to start by saying how delighted I have been with all the people that have messaged me uh, during this Oculus summer sale. And so many people are like using the, you know, Oculus is on sale for $3.99 with the touch controllers. Bunch of people have told me they have uh, jumped in and purchased that. Uh, and uh, they were so excited because they're finally, you know, enjoying VR. And several people actually said, I've been skipping the VR segment of your show. And now I'm going back and listening to all of them. Uh, which, is, which is pretty funny to me and, and cool. So uh, welcome to the fold. Welcome to the dawn, as I like to say. Uh, VR is happening and uh, people are, are digging it. Um, one of the games that I've been playing this week, I know it's VR. I know people overlook VR. I know a lot of people don't talk about VR as much as I do. But I also, even with all of that as a given, I kind of can't believe that we don't constantly hear people raving about the mage's tale. I've talked about it a little bit on the show before, but I'm playing it more now chiefly because they just released a an update that adds smooth movement to the game. Uh, before or at launch, the Mage's Tale was all uh, sort of jump forward uh, or teleport movement styles that are supposed to make the game more comfortable and you know not make you nauseated. But they added in smooth movement. So with the uh, touch controllers, you can use the analog sticks and just move as you would through a normal first-person shooter. I love it. It really adds to the immersion. You don't feel like you're in a video game as much. You feel like you're in a real place. And the Mage's Tale is from the creators of the Bard's Tale, and it's a spinoff in the same universe. You're this mage's apprentice, and you have to you know, mix spells and do stuff and – um, save your master from an evil sorcerer by moving through uh, catacombs and sewers and dungeons and stuff and fighting goblins and skeletons and all the stuff you do in those kinds of games. But this game is the way I always dreamed of playing these kinds of games. This is a full AAA, big, robust, beautiful experience, top-notch visuals, and you're slinging spells that you mixed yourself because you found the components and you literally throw them in a cauldron and then stir it <laughs> physically, uh, which awesome. is awesome. And you can create all these different kinds of spells, create the, how the spell looks, add different effects to the spells. Amazing. I'm slinging fireballs. I'm throwing ice lances. I'm holding my hand out and shooting lightning bolts from them. 
air, wind gusts, all kinds of cool elemental spells. And, you know, when I grew up, I uh, we've established that I'm a little older than you guys, but I love... Brandon the, and I are the same age. I just want to establish right. that. If we're establishing <laughs> thing, Brandon and I are exactly the same age, born very, the same day. Very, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, I love the Ultima games. Ultima 7 is my favorite game of all time. And I love the Ultima universe. Ultima Underworld was like the first first person immersed. Well, that's not true. Bard's Tale. Love the Bard's Tale. And that was first person. But this is Ultima Underworld was kind of like that groundbreaking first person uh, dungeon crawler. And Kate Beckinsale's great in it. <laughs> uh, and this is what I imagined Ultima Underworld was. And Ultima Underworld, they're like, oh, man, you could actually like pick up torches off the wall and you know extinguish their light and all that it was huge at the time at the time it was a massive innovation now i can literally reach out with my hand and grab torches i can literally wander around i'm inside the thing i look up it's the top of the dungeon i look around it's extraordinary and i want to tell you oh go ahead what yeah no i'm just like i'm shocked i've never heard of this like and the major tale and i'm no i've never heard of mage's tale and i'm kind of shocked because like i like I'm not hardcore into the VR world, but like I'm around it, so I'm I'm want to go play this. Like I don't have one, but I want to run to work and play it. It just came but. out. It 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 is. Uh, I mean, it just came out like a couple of weeks ago. It's um, made by In Exile, the guys that are doing Bard's Tale, Brian Fargo's company. I mean, these are top notch developers. Um, it, it is a top notch game. It it is one of the best VR experiences I've ever had, and I want to tell you guys a very specific story. This probably could be interpreted as a spoiler. It's a side thing that doesn't have anything to do with the main storyline, but I'm going to talk about it in detail because the game is full of secrets, of tiny hidden things, of puzzles. I mean, one of the coolest things about the game is how much of it is is puzzles. Not yeah. all of them easy either. Some of them easy, but not all of them are easy. And that is so great because I love feeling like I'm in this dungeon and I have to figure out this cool wizard puzzle Oh, it's so – I mean it is the game I've always dreamed of, this game. But I want to tell you about a very specific hidden thing I found, which some may interpret as a spoiler. But I'm going to say it so you have full warning secret that I found. OK. So I get this shoot gusts from your hand spell. And the way you find – you get spells is you find them in the world. And then <laughs> when you find something that works as a spell reagent – uh, a giant frog appears in in the world and opens his mouth, and you toss the reagent into his mouth, and he teleports back to your lair with the reagent. So that's okay. awesome. Yeah. Natural. Natural. Um, <laughs> anyway, so I find this wind gust thing, and then I find a wall that I can wind gust, and it blows it down and knocks all the rubble out of the way, right? So I find a hidden room back there, and in that hidden room is a, a shelf of all these cool things. Uh, one of the things on the shelf is this crank this like gear that you can fit into a you know a gear crank thing so i i I find that and i remember back to seeing a place where one of those looked like it could fit a while ago so i pick it up and i'm literally holding it in my hand with my oculus touch controller and i wander back backtracking through the maze a little bit through the dungeon and i get to where that gear crank looked like it worked and i put it in and then i crank physically crank the gear and it opens another false door, false wall that leads back into another hidden room, walk back into that hidden room. And there is a, uh, a sphere on the table that I can pick up. It looks like a crystal ball. I can look through that sphere and see hidden traces of magic in the room. And that reveals, uh, uh, you know, clues to the puzzles, but there's this 
bottle on the table, and inside the bottle is a drow, uh, a dark elf. And he's like, don't break the bottle. Don't break the bottle. Oh, boy, you better not break the bottle. And, and, and you can pick up the bottle with your hand and, like, hold it near your ear like you're listening to a, a seashell on the beach. And it, of course, sounds louder in your ear. He's like, don't break the bottle, like, in your ear. Please, don't break the bottle. And I'm like, oh, my God, all I want to do is break the bottle. But I'm not going to break the bottle because I feel like he's going to come out and kill me. And then you have this, like, assistant, uh, I don't know, goblin-type-looking guy, an elf something, uh, that is helping you through the game. And he's like, oh, don't you don't want to break that bottle. And I'm like, oh, man, all I want to do is break that bottle. But I wander around, and there's a table, and it's got this, like, um, like a scale, like an old-timey, uh, you know, weighted scale thing that is glowing. And so I take the bottle and I set it on that. And then hanging above the ceiling is this chain. And I look up and I reach up and I grab the chain and I pull the chain and it activates that scale and it releases the drow from the bottle. And he leaps out of the bottle and he goes, oh, thank you. And then, and then, and then, and then guys, for the next two and a half minutes, he dances on the table, a choreographed <laughs> song where he's like drow in a bottle drow in a bottle and he does an entire routine and you're witnessing it in vr in full 3d where you can like look around him and he looks like a little tiny uh you know like claymation character in front of you go drow in a bottle drow in a bottle thank you for freeing the drow in a bottle and he and like the entire reward for that that escapade into finding secrets is this like two and a half minute choreographed song of a drow dancing and singing, spinning around. And that's the kind of game this is. Wow. That, 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 that's crazy that that is the reward. You could that's... totally miss it. There's, there's, you know, it, it, I'm sure there's a bunch of stuff in the game that I have already missed. That's equally as cool, but they took the time to, to write a song, have a dude sing it and choreograph a dance that happens when you release this drow from a bottle on a table and I was like, oh, I'm, I am in love with this game. I'm in love with this game. Yeah, that sounds incredible, actually. Right? <laughs> so that. the Mage's Tale, guys. Uh, don't sleep on this. And if you have Oculus, if you just jumped into Oculus with the new sale or whatever, buy it. It, is, it will reward you in untold ways. Is it only Oculus or is it Vive as well? Right now, it is an Oculus Studio game. So it's, right now, oh, it's okay. exclusive yeah, to yeah. Oculus. Gotcha. Uh, the other thing I want to mention in this section is that I did buy the Vive Deluxe audio strap. Um, yeah, yes. Yes. Uh, which is the $100 replacement to the admittedly terrible little uh, neoprene elastic band that came with the Vive when, when it was released, which has never been particularly good. And even worse, since I bought it, it has gotten weirdly stretched out, and it's just it's just not good. Especially when you compare it to uh, PlayStation VR or Oculus, which have much much better head straps. So it's a bummer that you know it takes ninety nine bucks to upgrade that thing, which shouldn't have been that way in the first place. But um, this has built in earphones. You know, the Vive just had a audio jack that you had to plug your own earphones into. Uh, so it has built in earphones like the. Uh, like the Oculus has, and it's a much more rigid form factor. It, it actually holds its shape and has a cool crank on the back, like the PlayStation VR headset does, where you can like tighten it by turning the crank. Much more comfortable, much 
much, much better. I think it, this is an essential purchase. If you're going to buy a Vive, you really should buy this as well. They've been out of stock, and I sort of jumped on a restock uh, alert that I had set up. Um, I don't think it – I still don't think it makes it as comfortable as the Oculus, and it certainly doesn't make it nearly as comfortable as the PlayStation VR, which is still the most comfortable headset in my opinion. Because the Vive just is heavier, the front is just heavier, and even if you crank it down, you still have a lot more weight on your nose than you do with the other headsets. But it it is a vast, huge improvement, and I highly, highly recommend people who have Vives already. And if you, you know, like if you're like me, I I bought all these uh, homemade DIY mod things that people have posted. You know, you can buy. Um, welder mask uh, inserts. I bought two different welder mask inserts to try to make it better. And it was all kind of janky. So it's nice to have this as a useful, actually official. Oh, the other thing is it's really easy to install and they have step-by-step instructions, both in the box and on the website. That's a video on the website that tells you exactly how to do it. it takes about a minute and a half to do. It's really simple, which is nice, uh, especially when compared to, you know, janky welder mask mods, which are not easy. So, um, I highly recommend it. It still doesn't make the, the mask as, as comfortable to me as the other competitors, but it is a massive improvement. All right, let's move on. Uh, we have a, a, a friend on the show that plays board games, so let's get to a little bit of tabletop time. Right now, right now. Brandon. Yes. Board gamer, tabletop enthusiast. All of it, yes. Let's do it. Let's talk board games. What have you been playing? So, gosh, um quite a quite a few things which is which is always nice and fun but i guess the the first thing is i i'd never heard of this game which is weird because my roommate is like the one who's super into board games and will buy them all and i get to play them which is great because i don't have to spend any money but i get to play them um (laughs) that would be like if christian and i lived together yeah, exactly. But it's like, he buys like blood rates. Like, he will be like, oh, this costs $400 on Kickstarter? Doing it. <laughs> nice. You know? That was a good um, roommate selection. Yeah, it was, it was It was good stuff. But uh, it was, I think, uh, that I figured out a, a new game called Raptor, which I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever heard of this. Is the, the uh, dinosaur game? Yes, so it does involve dinosaurs. And it's you're this, like the mother dinosaur or yes, something? Yeah. Yes. I don't know if you've ever played it or I have not played it. it. No. So yeah, I didn't I didn't even hear about it till I went to Paris actually and hung out with another friend who's super into board games. Um and just because I don't I don't deal with a lot of two player board games a lot. Uh normally it will go for at least four, you know. Mm-hmm. Um but I was looking for more two-player board games and stuff like that. And uh he he, he loved this one. And it, and it is great because essentially you have one person's the mother raptor and one person's like a bunch of hunters kind of deal. And it's chess like where you're on a board, a randomly kind of generated board, um, and the mother raptor's objective is to either <laughs> kill the hunters or move her babies off the map. Or her little baby raptors, which are dispersed around. Um, and the hunter's objective is to capture the hunters or put the mom to sleep a bunch of different ways. But that's like, you're mainly just capturing the babies. Um, and what's cool about it is it's all based around kind of a card system, except there's, there's nine cards. It's one through nine. And that's, and that's it. And each card has a different power on it. And the power could be, 
uh, you get to kind of, like one of the mother's powers is you get to kind of disappear, let the other person play something, and then you can appear somewhere, which is powerful because the mom can can like attack and kill the hunters, right? Mm-hmm. Or there's one where you can like for the hunter he can like recruit three new hunters, which is kind of big as well. Um, but the coolest thing I think about the game is you you have these cards and you shuffle them up and you draw three. Um, and let's say, let's say I decide to play two and two has a pretty good power on it. And the other person, obviously we're we're playing them at the same time. So we don't know. So I play two and he plays seven. Um, the lower number gets to use their power, but the higher number gets the difference of the numbers as actions. So he gets, he gets five actions where he can move and do other things like put a baby to sleep and capture the baby. Um, but I get to use my power now Hmm. in that scenario. It's not five actions is a lot to give up for one singular power. So like the, the dream scenario is I play two and he plays three and he's boned because he only gets one action and you can't really do much. And then I get to use my power. Um, but it becomes a great game because eventually it's like, you can, you, you know, it's like, okay, he has only four cards left. He's played blank, blank, and blank. So there must be – this is the gambit of what he currently has in his hand. So it's you uh, guessing what they're going to be playing. Uh, anyways, it's a lot it's, of fun. It's basically uh, the scene from uh, uh, Princess Bride where it's yeah. like, well, I know that you know that I know. So I clearly can't play the one in front of me. You know, yeah, that, exactly. Yeah. Ex- exactly. But I uh, okay. highly recommend it. It's, it's, like, it's like 35 bucks, so it's not even that expensive and um, – it's a lot of fun, and I think it's it's easy enough to kind of get that someone who's more of a novice board game player will be interested. So you know, uh, you know, if you're in a relationship or something, it might be a good way to to ease them in. Um, yeah, cool. I, most people, the, the question I get most often from people is is two player games. What what are good two player games? So yeah. Raptor sounds like a good yeah. One. Raptor's a Raptor's a great one. Um, I have also been playing. What did I do? Oh, I played the Pathfinder card game. Yes, um, the Pathfinder Adventure card game, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. So I played that about a week ago. Um, and I'd played it before, but I got my teeth more into it this time. Um, and that one's fun. That one's a lot of fun. It's really interesting about how you're building your deck. I love games where your deck is your health. I think right. that's a great way to simplify things. It kind of makes the game move. Um, and I don't know, have, have either of you ever played that? I have played it. I, I own it. And I also, this week, I've been playing the digital version, which just oh. came out recently, uh, called Pathfinder Adventures. Uh, it's on Steam. And I don't know if it's on any other platforms, but I've been playing it on PC. And it's a really excellent uh, version. It's a really excellent uh, adaptation to digital of that game. Oh, that's interesting, too. Huh. Yeah. That's really cool. But anyways, that, that ge- that's a great game. Um, I, yeah, it's essentially you're, you're able to equip gear and stuff. And that kind of brings me into the last game is Dark Souls. I, I love the Dark Souls board game. Yeah, I haven't tried it yet. Oh, it's so good. It's, it's, it's really well done. Combat is fun. It, it, it utilizes a lot of the same thematics and gameplay from what you expect Dark Souls to be. Uh, so it, it's essentially... It, it uses miniatures, so it's kind of a tactics-based game where every person has a role, and you can go through. Basically, you go into different rooms, and you just face-check them where you don't know what's in there. And then all of a sudden, there's a bunch of monsters in there. And you defeat them because you have a role where you're trying to like you know get around them and do blindside damage and stuff like that. Like a typical tactics game, co-op tactics game. Um, 
but what's interesting about it is you you die a lot. Like it it puts you in a position to where you you die a lot. So say you get through one room, you defeat them, you get souls to upgrade your character. Um, and then you defeat another room, you get souls to upgrade a character. And then you go to the next room and you die. Well, <laughs> that's that's fine. You reset at the bonfire, but you reset each room. So you have to play through the entire board again to get to the boss, or you don't know exactly where the boss is, so you could go straight there. But it's, it incentivizes you to kind of go back and play through what you have to collect more souls so you can upgrade more, get better weapons, and you'll be able to face the boss. And, and the bosses are interesting, too, because it's a card-based system, so they're playing cards. But And a lot of them are extremely difficult to beat, but you start to learn their path. You start to learn like what their moves are going to be and, and pre-planning for that. Just like um, the game. Just like the yeah, game. Yeah, it's, awesome. it's exactly like the game. It's it's so much fun. And that's another one where, I mean, it's like the where you die a lot of times. But when you win that game, when you go through the, like, two layers, because it's, it's like two layers, like, it's one setup, and then you, if you beat it, you wipe it, and you go to the next setup. Uh, you feel so good. And like I've only beaten it once, and it was like the best feeling. It's like getting a chicken dinner in PUBG, you know. Um, so highly recommended on that one. Um, it's a bit more expensive because you know miniatures. Like I honestly think people just throw in miniatures because they can up the price. But whatever, it's still a great board game. Um, That's Dark Souls, the board game. Yeah. Uh, hey Christian, uh, what you know what the biggest twist would be hmm. if you uh, reveal the last three letters of your code in the tabletop time segment. Wouldn't that be a that, great twist? That was the plan. What? H D X as in X-ray, H as in Henry, D as in David. XHD, which is uh, one of the ideas that they were going to call the Xbox One X. Right, sweet, thank you. I got it, Christian. I appreciate it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Take that de- time delay. <laughs> um, I want to talk about something that you actually might be interested in, Christian, is the um, Spiel des Jahres winners were announced, I think, today or, or yesterday uh, as we record this. Spiel des Jahres is the biggest v- board game award in the world. It's the German board game award that uh, – it's, it's been around the longest. It's the most prestigious. And there are three – divisions of the Spiel des Jahres, the main Spiel des Jahres winner, which is Game of the Year. And then there's a Kinderspiel, which is the one that's made for younger gamers and families, and Kennerspiel, which is the sort of more advanced uh, enthusiast gamers. And um, the, the, the winner of the Spiel des Jahres this year is a game called King Domino, which is a very simplistic uh, tale tale. <laughs> tile-laying game, uh, sort of uh, Carcassonne meets Dominoes. Um, everybody kind of assumed this game was going to win. It's uh, uh, very sleek, very streamlined, plays very, very fast, which is all things that the um, the Spiel des Jahres award judges tend to like. They, they tend to uh, award very simplistic, uh, not simplistic, but just streamlined uh, designs. So King Domino, the big Spiel des Jahres winner of the year, it was up against Magic Maze and El Dorado. Uh, and then the uh, Kinderspiel, which is the one that's made for families and little kids, uh, the nominees were Captain Silver, the, Magic, uh, the Mysterious Forest, and the winner, Ice Cool. This is a game I think, Christian, you might really dig, and you might want to get for your 
to play with your daughters. It's actually not that expensive either. Um, this is a dexterity game, kind of like Flick 'em Up that we've played mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. But uh, instead of uh, flicking discs, you're flicking these little penguin-looking uh, tokens that are kind of uh, weeble wobbles, right? They're they're weighted in their base, and so they they behave very strangely when you flick them, uh, and they you know the wobble and kind of balance sitting upright but the but you can flick them in such a way that you can like go around corners because you can flick them on the side and because it's weighted they'll like spin around a corner which is really an interesting innovation in the in that space but even cooler than that dude is the box is the board and the box is like this nested uh, russian dolls thing where you unpack it and each there's like box inside a box inside a box, and then you unpack all those boxes, and then they link together with little holes in the sides so that there's passageways, and each of the in like smaller boxes is a room, and they link up to create this this like you know, structure that is got multiple rooms in it and multiple areas to go through. And so you flick your little penguins through the little doorways or over walls. You can actually flick them in a way that makes them jump over the walls. And uh, you can, like, go from room to room and go around corners and make really cool trick shots. It's super slick. Huh. And I totally understand why it won because it looks awesome. It's called Ice Cool. Hmm. I like the – we've been playing a lot of uh, Don't Wake Daddy, but not the board game, just, like, the literal version oh. of uh, Don't Wake Daddy. <laughs> my, kid, my kid is terrible at that game. <laughs> you got you to gotta play it. And also I've been playing Hungry Hungry Daddies, which is where I just <laughs> – I just eat a lot, and then they're not supposed to wake Everybody me up. Wins. Um, so then the Kennerspiel this Yaris winner is Exit, which is uh, basically a escape room in a box. Um, there are three of them, and uh, they just awarded it to the sort of general Exit. <laughs> There's three different ones, Pharaoh's Tomb, Secret Lab, and Abandoned Cabin. And uh, I'm, I just ordered all three of them, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try those, uh, and I will report back. But they, they won. They were up against uh, Raiders of the North Sea and Terraforming Mars, which Terraforming Mars is like the big marquee game everybody was talking about last year. And uh, the fact that it didn't win, a little bit surprising. But I feel like they have a track record of that now, right? Where You're it's like right. yeah. almost getting second place, you know, air quote, second place in this is kind of means you're going to have the sales success. <laughs> well, Where not, not the winners don't, but like the big game doesn't ever seem to get the prize. At least the past three years, it seemed that way. No, you're absolutely right. And and it's, um, I think basically they, the thing that they prioritize or that they give a lot of credence to in the awards at Spiel des Jahres is not exactly the same thing that gamers gamers really love, which is sort of density and complexity and depth. You know, they're more into like, what is the something that gets to the table really easy and is very streamlined and is very efficient and, and clever. And I think Terraforming Mars is just really fiddly and, and big, you know, it's one of those big, deep games and I, maybe not what they prioritize for the awards, but it's certainly a, the thing that kind of turns on, um, you know, real hobby gamers. So. Well, it's a hard game too. I remember the first time I played it, it was like call Elon Musk and they don't give you his number. And I'm yeah. like, how am I supposed to do this? Uh, <laughs> you have to go to space. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> build a rocket ship. Yeah. <laughs> You're literally doing it. It's like... <laughs> uh, funding is the hardest thing for that one, I, I think. Um, all right. Well, let's move on. Uh, that's actually the end of the show. But we do have our parting gift coming up. But um, that's, you know... That's it for for the main show. We I do want to thank Brandon Winfrey for being here. Brandon, thank you so much, man. No, thank you all for having me. Anytime. That was fun. 
It was fun. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh, tell people where they can keep up with you and your shows and stuff that you're doing on the internet. Yeah, you can follow me on my personal Twitter at B Winfrey, and then uh, you can well, you can see old stuff on YouTube.com/slash Machinima. But we're going through some programming shifts right now. But I'll keep everybody updated on like where our stuff will live uh, in the future. So, but yeah, yeah. I just drove by the old or one of the old Machinima offices in in West Hollywood. That oh, old yeah. brown, it, that whole building's up for sale now. I was like, oh, I remember those times. Right. That was a hip building back in the day. Yeah, I uh, I never worked there, which thank God because I I don't want to face that traffic. But right. no, it, was a, it was a disaster to get to. But once you got in there, it was a cool open space. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Christian, how about you? What do you got going on this week? Well, you can always get new parenting tips, tricks, anecdotes, funny stories, uh, stuff like that. We do the, daily the content. Or don't wake daddy. Right. The rules for don't wake daddy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we do daily content over on the Anchor app and you can find it at anchor.fm slash D-O-P. We also have a weekly podcast that goes out. You can watch video version of that if you want at facebook.com slash department of parenting. Then I do uh, an extra little geeky focused um, patron only podcast called at least 20 more minutes. You can find it at patreon.com slash Christian Spicer. If you want to follow me on Twitch, it's Christian Spicer. Um, on caffeine.tv it's spicer i need to have username uniformity and then the last things i'll mention uh i'll be in austin over labor day weekend performing as part of the out of bounds uh, comedy festival and then at the end of september i will be at the la jolla comedy store um that last weekend those are the the next two out of town dates that i have if you want to catch my stand-up jeff what's going on with you this week well, um, I always have every single day you can listen to me talk about video games in a quick daily show that keeps you in the know called Newest, Latest, Best. And you can find that on uh, on your podcast delivery service of choice now. It's available on the Anchor app, and you can find it at anchor.fm slash NLB. But uh, it's also available as a podcast, so you can find it on iTunes and on uh, Google Play and everywhere else. So uh, check that out if you get a second. Also, I have uh, the Slash Filmcast talking about movies and TV shows. This week we are doing – what are we doing? Something big. What, what just came out that's really big? Um, Warp, Warp Into the Apes? Yeah, that one. That's the one we're doing. Got it. Um, so check that out at SlashFilmcast.com. And uh, also I do um, the, the We Have Concerns. You can find that at WeHaveConcerns.com. And, oh, this week – Emmy-nominated Anthony Carboni? Emmy nominated, yeah, Emmy nominated for the Star Wars show, um, and I am uh, right there. You find me right there on his coattails. Um, <laughs> so, uh, uh, also this week, the tomorrow, well, not tomorrow, Wednesday, 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 the nineteenth, I will be uh, on a Twitch stream for Mountain Dew, uh, giving away a computer. I think we're giving. Oh away yeah, a, a I did computer. that. It's great. You did that. Yes, you did, and you had a uh, you had a great time. I think you played Overwatch, right? I played Overwatch and we picked the type of cooling that was going. It's an Origins. This rig is, it's a beast. Uh, yeah, it's, it's the a beast. jam. It's the jam. And I think this is the finale. This is the one we're actually giving away the whole computer. So uh, show up and uh, hang out. Do you remember what that is? The Mountain Dew Twitch stream is like twitch.tv slash MTNDEW. I think that's right. I'm, I'm, I, I believe so. But you will definitely see it on your Twitter. I'll, I'll post it out there as well. You'll, people follow Jeff Ryan on Twitter. You'll, you'll see when this is happening. But yeah, it's Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. Pacific, I believe, is when it should be happening. It should be really fun. I'm looking forward to it. And I hope, hope a listener of some of uh, our stuff wins the big prize because that would make me very happy. Um, all right, guys, uh, let's wrap the show up now with our parting gift. Hey, 
Brandon, do you have a suggestion to help people get through their week that might not be a video game? Uh, you know, I started Fargo season one. Oh, uh, so good. Last week. And I, yeah, I'm, they match the tone of the Coen brothers, original Fargo so well. And it, just to see that kind of thing expanded, it's, it's great. Cause it's got that dark humor. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's great. I, I advise everyone to check it out. Great, you know, great villain. Uh, everything kind of interconnects and yeah. it's beautiful too. It's, it's yeah, so check it out. Shot. It's on Hulu. Yeah. Uh, on Hulu and I think uh, on other places as well. I think oh, it's on yeah. Amazon Prime, maybe. I don't know. I don't want to say wrong things. Uh, Christian, how about you? You got a streaming suggestion as well, right? I do. And it's game related. Uh, Castlevania season one or part of season one, four episodes of the animated show are on Netflix right now. It has an anime vibe to it aesthetically, um, not anime pacing per se in terms of the way the episodes roll out, but it definitely feels like a prequel to to the show and, and what it will be larger. It's, uh, Warren Ellis, I believe, wrote all four episodes. Yeah, the um, Warren Ellis from comic book fame. Yeah, the guy's an incredible writer. I um The only caveat, I loved it. This is not for kids, though, even though it's a cartoon and based on – I tweeted out like, uh, oh, my, my daughter loves Castlevania on, NA, on NES, saw the animated shows on Netflix, made me watch – made me show it to her. Big mistake. She loved it and had to watch all four. Um, <laughs> it's definitely not for kids. It's very gory and swearing. Um, and the other caveat I would just give up front, if you um, are very Christian and take offense to people um, – Like Christian Spicer? Yeah, if you're a very yeah, Christian, Christian. Um, I don't know Mr. Ellis's uh, religious views personally, but he certainly writes and critiques Christianity in a lot of his works. And the first four episodes of this, ooh, uh, it's all in. It's it's all in, which hasn't seemed to necessarily be prevalent throughout the Castlevania series, as I remember it, as like a big. Obviously, it deals with religion and you know Dracula and stuff like that, but this it, it has an enemy. You know what I mean? Mm, interesting. Very cool. I haven't checked it out. I, I want, I've been wanting to uh, check it out, but I have not found the time. It's well done. Yeah, good. Uh, this is the same guy who's going to do the Assassin's Creed or the same producer that's going to do the Assassin's Creed animated show on Netflix. So. Yeah, and he says he wants to – he said he's pitched Metroid. So, like, I'd love that go. if the guy does both Castlevania and Metroid, like, and does, does, the crossover. does the Metroidvania, yeah. <laughs> I, if I'm not wrong, like, other than, like, action-adventure TV shows, Metroidvania TV shows are, like, your favorite TV shows, right? <laughs> I mean, well, they need to be done well. It depends on uh, – <laughs> You know, a lot of them you haven't watched. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think some have come out, but like Ori's really great. And... <laughs> we also got a listener submitted parting gift. Uh, this was sent in by Dwayne, aka Punk Zero. He's from Michigan. He sent this to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. He said, I have a listener parting gift that you and your listeners can check out for free. I'm not sure how common this knowledge is, but Neil Blomkamp's Oak Studios has started releasing short films on YouTube. The first two, Raka and Firebase, are both violent, sometimes disturbing science fiction tales that are worth a look. A third, named Zygote, just had a teaser release today. This is a little old, but he said it looks to be in the same vein. These look to be either serialized stories or proofs of concept he hopes to make into films one day. Uh, And Raka already has close to 3 million views, so this... 
may just be news, new news to me, but if you haven't checked them out yet and you're in a dark sci-fi with a bit of horror thrown into the mix, I'd suggest looking them up. They run between 20 and 30 minutes each. And Brendan, you said you've seen that third one already, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're good stuff. They're. I'm really interested to see like how this will evolve, like, or if he can monetarily support this for that much longer. Right. But it's they're really cool stuff for sure. Cool. Uh, thank you very much. If you want to have your parting gift read right on the show, you can send it to dlcfeedback at gmail dot com. My parting gift uh, is one I know Christian. You actually said you've seen live, which I'm very jealous of. I checked out Oh Hello on Netflix, uh, which is John Mulaney and Nick Kroll's Broadway show. Say uh, it like you mean it, though. <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, hello. Oh, hello. Um, this is one of those things that I recommend to people, but I kind of think most people are going to hate. Uh, it feels like it was made for uh, six people, of which I am one. And it's one of those things where – you either are going to hate it or it's going to be your favorite thing in the world. And I'm in that second category because it, it feels so weird and y- uniquely targeted at my Venn diagram of strange <laughs> uh, obsessions. You know, it's like this send up of theater culture and the jokes are fast and furious and it is weird and funny as all hell. One of the best things I've ever seen, but I can't believe it exists because it just feels like most people are going to hate it and not be able to get past 10 minutes of it. But I absolutely adore it. It's called Oh Hello, and it's on Netflix. Yeah, I haven't watched the Netflix version almost because like as the hipster and I was very fortunate to um, very fortunate to do a lot of stuff with the UCB community here in L.A. And I got to be backstage and side stage and in the crowd and watch this show a whole bunch as they were working it live at UCB here in LA. And, uh, oh my goodness, it's, it's so good. Well, just John Mulaney and Nick Kroll are so funny. And this is them playing characters that were kind of spun out of, um, Kroll show, uh, Kroll show. And, oh, come on podcast. Uh, Ooh. Oh, Oh, comedy. Bang, bang. Yes. Bang, bang. And like all of the character work they've done where they are these, you know, two very stereotypical Jewish old men. Um, and just, oh, it's, I, I'm almost, I can't watch the Netflix versions because every version I've seen has been different. And I love that you the spontaneity it of it. Just because there is a guest that shows up. I'm not going to spoil it, but it is amazing. So okay. you definitely watch it. Just, you can even just skip forward to that if you know, know the show very well. But it is absolutely amazing when that guest shows up. And if, I think if I think it it's encompasses more people than you think, Jeff. Like if you're one of those people and you're like, eh, and it maybe doesn't click with you right away, I would say give it twenty because they bring you into their world. At least again, live they bring you into their world so quickly, where it's like you feel like you're hanging out with these two people and watching these two old friends. And it's it's just it's fast and furious the way of the back and forth well, and tagging it, jokes on top of each other. Uh, it's unbelievable. Uh, the the sophistication of the comedy is is unbelievable, but. It, and this is, you're gonna, if you guys listen to Slash Filmcast, you'll help me repeat this. But uh, it, I, to me, is a lesson in specificity. It's like it, because it's so specific, it feels like it was made just for me and very few people. But that's the kind of stuff that works that people respond to because of the specificity, rather than trying to create something general and broad and lame. It, it is. It's so good. It's it's. I'm I'm jealous of it to the point of like hating it because it's yeah. so good. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, that's going to do it for this episode of DLC. Thanks again to Brandon Winfrey and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. Thanks to all the folks in the chat room that hang, hung out with all of us and made the show better in real time. We appreciate you guys being there. Also, thanks to all of you that have downloaded the show and uh, maybe tell your friend about it or take a second and rate us on your platform of choice. We appreciate that too. And thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star for making those cool bumpers that you hear in the show. We will be back next week. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.